the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Arthur Idala on AM 970. The answer. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour with quintessential New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala, New York's go-to lawyer. He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high-profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness, and more. And now your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. Does this mean I have to go out and get a law degree? You might have to, yes. I might have to, yeah. yeah. Hi, I'm Alex Bennett. That's my name. And uh, I'm here for Arthur uh, tonight. Uh, I was asked yesterday by the executive producer of this program, do you want to do the show? I said, sure, that sounds nice. Uh, I'll be happy to do it. Uh, I don't know why I said yes. I just said yes. Anytime anybody asks me to walk into a radio studio, I'm ready to go. Uh, And if any of you are listening and you know who I am, then you know I've been in and out of New York for years doing uh, radio. And I, in fact, started. It's strange. On this floor is uh, this station, AM 970, The Answer. And right next door to us is WMCA. Yes, it is. And that is the station I started out on in New York City. Everything comes back full Everything circle. Everything comes full. This is, I guess I can drop dead tomorrow. Oh, let's you hope. Know? Let's, I mean, let's, it's, please. Full, it's full circle. If you were, though, do it on the air so we get some, at least some coverage. Well, I've often said if I die, I want to die on the radio somewhere. Well, I didn't mean that literally. But well, okay. I, God knows I've died enough on the radio, but... Uh, uh, but, you no, know, I, I died, you know, on the radio uh, many times. But if I was going to die, I would like to die on the air. You know, like, you know, like a, they come back from a break and I'm just not there anymore. I, I would say maybe do it in the middle of a live read. In middle, middle yeah, of a live uh, read? Because then maybe the advertiser would pay for the funeral. You know, we used to have an advertiser on WMCA. This is no kidding. Uh, that was for underground, uh, above ground mausoleums. Okay, and and the ad read. I still remember it to this day. Why settle for an ordinary cemetery burial when you can be buried in an above ground mausoleum? Well, it does so happen to be that we're right next door to Trinity Church and their cemetery. This is like a whole cycle for me. You know, <laughs> it's a whole cycle for me. But anyway, I've been around here for in New York City, in and out for the longest time, and since. Uh, uh, Sirius XM say goodbye to me about, I guess it's almost 10 years now, isn't it? Almost 10 years. Um, uh, I um, I have been kind of in retirement, or as it's better known, I have a podcast. <laughs> and who doesn't these and days? And who doesn't? Well, you know, what you do is if you're in radio and then all of a sudden you're told walk, 
well, then you start a podcast. That's normally how it starts. And uh, so I have a podcast. I've been doing one now for, uh, what, nine years. I'm in my ninth year now. There's a channel we call Gabnet, G-A-B-N-E-T dot com. You can go there. And uh, we uh, we have a whole bunch of programs, and uh, I've been doing mine every night uh, at uh, 1030 at night uh, for the last nine years or so. And, uh, you know, it's it's where where people who no longer are on radio go to die. So, you know. <laughs> and what are you discussing on your podcast this evening? Um, I have no idea. Oh, OK. And so probably just... I'll discuss this. Oh, that's great. You know, I mean, you did say before we're going to just wing it today. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I have always I've always been into winging it. I don't like to know what's coming next because I want to be that way. So the audience is surprised as well. Makes sense. Also, it's the fact that I'm inherently lazy. <laughs> so I don't like planning anything. But Anyway, so it's uh, it's wonderful to be back in a uh, radio studio again after the last time I was in a radio studio was, I think, a couple of years ago on uh, New Year's Eve when I substitute hosted at WOR, which had then moved from this studio, which I've worked out of this studio before when I did a thing for WOR. And... Uh, uh, but I, I, the last show I did was that, the last radio show. Were you filling in for someone? I was filling in for somebody, but I can't remember who it was. All I remember is that radio had changed so much in just a few years I'd been away from it that I, I, my producer for that show was my producer that I had when I was at uh, Sirius XM. And uh, he said, well, we're going to a break. Okay, so we go to a break, and I say, how long do we have? And he says, nine minutes. Wow, that's a long and stop I went, set. Boy, I said that's a long break. I could I not only could go to the bathroom, but probably to the restaurant downstairs, gotten a meal and come back just in time you to be ready. Could have watched half a TV show. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. I said that much. He says, "Oh yeah, we have like 18 minutes worth of commercials an hour." Wow. And I said, "Wow, this, you know, so I didn't get much talking in that night. Well, I can know. imagine so. But anyway, that was the last time I saw the inside of a radio. Well, t- take advantage this evening, please. I'm I'm I love every minute of it. The only the only thing is strange is when I got asked to do this, I said, "Well, you know, I I've heard of the answer, but explain to me again what kind of station it is." And they said, "It's a Christian right-wing radio station." And I said, well, you do know I'm Jewish and I'm a liberal leftist. <laughs> and they said, we don't care. Just get in there. You must have been hard up for, for somebody to come in and do this show tonight. We welcome everyone here. And um, <laughs> typically in the past, Arthur's executive producer, Joan, would fill in. But we like having someone else different in the captain's chair. And we're very fortunate to have you this evening. Well, yeah, yeah. And I'm not going to impose either my political thoughts or my religious upbringing on any of you out there, okay, tonight? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. You mind if I'm Jewish? Does anybody mind? Uh, I'm Jewish myself, actually. Oh, you are? Yes, I am. Well, why don't we, while you're not looking, why don't we change this to the answer and make it a Jewish radio station? (laughs) We could do that, at least for this hour. It would make it really easy, you know. But uh, so so I was asked to say do this. I'm going, they said, what, what what do you want to talk about? And I'm thinking about what do I want to talk about? And so I jotted some things down. 
and I'll uh, talk about them this hour. But I guess the uh, the uh, the main thing that I uh, I want to talk about as the hour goes on is uh, what has to do with something we call ageism. Uh, and I want to deal with that because we're dealing with it right now on every level, mm-hmm. you know, because uh, uh, to begin with, you know, you, one day you wake up, you're 83 years old as I am. And you say to yourself, if I had known I had lived, was going to live this long, I wouldn't have done all those horrible things to my body <laughs> years ago, you know. Uh, but you don't think you're going to live this long. And then when you do, you go, you know something? I suddenly realize why, for instance, I know why old people are grouchy. Want to know why old people are grouchy? Why is that? Because there isn't a bone in your body that doesn't hurt. (laughs) Okay? You get aches and pains where you never had aches and pains before. And so you're going to get grouchy behind that. You know, so I realized all these things about and then I uh, one thing that I really just hit me one day. I found myself saying the following phrase when I was a boy. Mm. Now, whenever I heard an old person do that, I went, let's leave the room. Come on. We don't want to hear about our our uncle. Tell us about what it was when he was a boy. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's amazing how much in a period of 83 years this world changes. Oh, yeah. And the social aspects of this world change and the way in which we do business changes. I mean, it is it is just incredible. And then you also realize that at 83, nobody takes you seriously. Why is that? I just feel they don't pay attention to you. You know, you they dismiss you as being that old guy. Well, I was always taught that if you were the the older generation, they're full of wisdom. You should listen to what they have to say. They have advice. They've been around a lot longer than you have, and you should listen to what they have to say. Well, that's only because you grew up in a Jewish family. I mean, <laughs> possibly. <laughs> and they were all old. Oh, uh, you know. That's true. No, I don't think with age you necessarily get wisdom. But if you're smart, you get wisdom. Right, because you're always learning. Because I know a lot of stupid old people, (laughs) you know. Um, But uh, I just feel that old people get dismissed. It's kind of like, oh well, don't don't mind him. He's he's old, you know. He's, you know. And and in a bit, I want to get into this whole thing about what's going on with Biden and his age. Doesn't I don't care where you stand politically. You can feel any way you do about, about Biden, but. Uh, you got to admit that there are a hell of a lot of jokes out there about his age. And that's what I want to get into and why, why we should stop that, why it's just not a good thing. But anyway, should we take a break now? Yeah, Is I think we good? should take a break. Can we do that? That's fine. Okay, yeah, we'll take a break works. and then we'll be back with uh, more of the uh, Jewish liberal. Join myself and Imran Ansari tonight as we take on the biggest legal stories of the day and uh, kind of sort of have Alan Dershowitz as a guest. Uh, Plus, Plaza College joins us. That's tonight at 7. 
Eye on Real Estate, New York's longest-running show on real estate, answers everyone's questions from California to across the Atlantic in London. It's actually Gateshead, a little bit away from London. I've been a huge fan of yours for many a year. Dottie Herman and her expert team will help you through the ins and outs of property ownership. We have great listeners, a great audience, and a great team of professionals. Call 866-970-9622 with your question Saturday morning at 10 on AM 970, The Answer. Dennis Prager here. Visit the Holy Land with me and inspiration cruises and tours. No other trip will be like it. The Stand with Israel tour. Call 855-565-5519 or visit standwithisraeltour.com. Is your husband or wife in a hospital or rehab center? Are people telling you that they are not eligible for Medicaid? The cost of a nursing home is $500 a day, $15,000 a month. Are you frightened about bankruptcy? just to pay the medical and facility bills? Don't panic. Just call Connors & Sullivan, Attorneys at Law. These attorneys have been doing this for 40 years. They've helped hundreds of people just like you with the same thing that you could be going through. They'll tell you exactly what you're eligible for, and they'll also help you devise a plan to avoid such dire news as bankruptcy. Call Connors & Sullivan for a free initial consultation with a lawyer. That's 718 718- 238-6500 with offices in Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, and Staten Island. It's never too late. The time to act is now, so don't wait and call Connors and Sullivan today, 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500. And trust me, folks, after you speak with them, you'll be glad that you did. Listen to AM970, The Answer on Alexa. Tune in, iHeart, or odyssey.com. That same song get me. I actually to get me into the uh, the end of the hour. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So you you picked good when I said I turned on the vibe. I try. Yeah. I spent a lot of time working on the music for this program. Alex is here. What's your last name, Alex? I I, I I'm Alex Garrett here. So uh, a- Alex Garrett. I had a I had a. Uh, and you're Alex Bennett. I had a board op at the Series XM named Garrett. So it's Alex Garrett. Now it's two Alexes. Uh, how do we identify which Alex is the Alex? It's A G and A B. How about that? A G and A B. Okay. I may be. Uh, I may be young and old Alex. Maybe. <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> well, see, there we go. There we go. Well, you know what? You uh, you haven't lost a step, and uh, guess what? I'm excited to talk about the Real Abilities Festival here in New York. There's mm-hmm. a disabled a festival for uh, a disabled community movie festival here in New York City. Mm-hmm. At the I don't know if you ever heard of this place, the Marlene Mayerson JCC Manhattan. Have either of you heard no. of this? No. Well, it's on 334 Amsterdam Avenue, and as we're talking right now, there's going to be a big red carpet. For tonight's big event. Now, here's why it's important to me, because I love talking about adaptability. Mm-hmm. I do love talking about the disabled community and accessibility. And here's the thing about all this is that everybody talks about Sundance and Tribeca and all these other film festivals. But here in its 15th year is a a festival where people with disabilities can show their creative side. And how cool is that? I I actually have never attended one, but this year I'm inspired to go. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But Yeah. Yeah, let's talk about accessibility for a sure. second. Sure. 
because, you know, I feel I never, ever felt an accessibility problem in my life until I started to age. And then I suddenly realized, you know, all of a sudden one day I'm going down the stairs in the subway and I went, how long have I been doing this? And I was holding on to the banister, you know, oh, wow. going yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. And now I can't go down a flight of stairs unless there's a banister on the side of it. Especially too. if it's rainy. And you know, these subways in New York, they don't always make it uh, slip free. So you never know on these subway steps. I'm always a little nervous on crutches and a rollerblade. So there's that. And here's the other thing about the subway steps, right? There, how many elevators do we have? There's not many elevators sometimes around the city. And when they are, half of them are out of service. So is the MTA really making us an accessible city? That's the big question. And I just got a press release today from the Center for Independent New York uh, Independent New Yorkers yeah. saying that they want a lawsuit and then involving elevator access in the subway system. So they want it and uh, they've settled with the MTA and how cool is that that they're finally fighting and there are groups out there fighting for accessibility here in New York City. Why don't we put escalators in? Well, escalator, <laughs> you know. that would be a little tough. Although I did see someone with a wheelchair do that in Penn Station, and I was pretty impressed by that. I'm like, he's on an, you know, he was on a in a wheelchair going up a manual wheelchair going yeah. up an escalator. So sometimes that happens. Yeah, I didn't stop to think about wheelchairs. But the yeah. but the but the elevator access, it continues to be an issue. And I know we've talked about the different ones for the MTA. You know, this beautiful new Grand Central system is great, but the elevators are kind of hard to find, and it's just. For me, yeah. I'm able to take escalators and everything, but for my peers who have disabilities, it might be a little tougher. And so what I've been trying to do on my pages is that, hey, look, there is accessibility in Grand Central. You might have to find it a little bit, but it's there. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I the thing is that I, for instance, we go walking in a park uh, that's near us uh, and, uh, because I live up in Harlem and it's what? What's the name of that park? Morningside. Park. Morning, so yeah. And and they have stairs going up everywhere, and yet some places they have a you know a hand thing for you to hold on to, which when I'm going, especially when I'm going down, going up isn't a problem. Going down, mm-hmm. you know, I have to have I'd like to have a banister. All right, so now I come down a certain part of the park, and there's no banister. No banister at all. So I'm just like going sideways down the stairs because, uh, you know, as you get older because of neuropathy or any number of things, you lose a sense of balance. And so you want that. It's not that I have to hold on to it. I just like to know it's there. So I know a little bit about this accessibility issue. Well, how about the the Not like you do, but certainly. How about the fact that there are a lot of buildings, quote unquote, pre-code, right? So- there was a building code that actually said you had to be ADA accessible, but we got to remember the ADA is only about 31, 32 years old. It's it's still fairly young compared to all these buildings that were born in you know the 1900s. And so I think the challenge that building owners are facing now is how do we make these pre-code buildings accessible? Thankfully, downstairs here, we have an elevator, right, Matt? We have an elevator downstairs, mm-hmm. and so people can come up. Um, it's not always open all the time, but at the end of the day, they do have accessibility here. And I just think for other buildings around the city, it, it's time to upgrade, right? And here's the funny thing. I look at this as a lot of buildings want to go green, right? There's a lot of laws saying go green. But is there any buildings that say, is there any laws that say buildings have to be accessible? Yes, written down. But I feel like the green initiative is taking a bit more of a charge than the disabled community. So why this lawsuit matters is because it shows that there are groups out there 
wanting to fight for the accessibility in New York. Well, I think, you know, I often wondered why we didn't see more of that. I mean, it's like it, not, I, you go ride the subway, and, yes, yeah, some stations have the lifts, have the, have the elevators. Others don't. So what does somebody do if, if they get on an elevator to go on the subway, and they get on the subway, and then they get off somewhere, and then there's no accessibility? Now, I did a little research, and I know that you're in the Bay Area Hall of Fame. Congratulations on that. <laughs> but tell me about the Bay Area. Was that accessible at all in San Francisco or not as much? You know, I don't. It, when I left, I left it about 15 years ago, 16 years ago. So I don't remember at that point how much accessibility was, it was a question. Uh, certainly, you know, it's California. They're very liberal. They're very touchy-feely about this sort of stuff. But I don't know how accessible everything was. But you see, I didn't pay attention to it then because I didn't have accessibility problems. Uh, and, you know, it's strange. Uh, I have a friend uh, who is a paraplegic uh, from the waist down. Nothing. Okay. And I didn't know what that was like. I, I, you know, I always sympathized with him and his needs and so on and so forth. And then I went in to have an operation in the hospital and they gave me a spinal and it killed everything below my waist. And for at least three hours, I knew what it was like to be him. I mean, and I said to myself, how does he live with this every day? And I came to really admire him for it, you know? So when they did it to you, were you on crutches? Were you on a walker? What, what, what no, was the I was, I was just in the bed, and they they had given me the spinal for the operation. And then I came out of the, you know, they didn't put me out. And then I, they took me down to recover, and I laid there for three hours. I couldn't feel anything below my waist. I couldn't get my legs to move. And that's interesting because then you look at the the, par the uh, comparison, and your friend has it for life. Well, what point, I so. said to myself was, you know, in three hours, I'm probably going to have my feeling back and going to be able to walk out of the hospital. But he's going to still have the same problems that he's always had. But he's very good about it. He has this very positive attitude about it. This isn't going to stop me. No. You know? And that that is what you find a lot in the disabled community. And, you know, I got to say, I, I, I don't need to talk about this, but there is a weaponization of the ADA as well. And I wish those that were weaponizing and saying, OK, this place is unaccessible. This is, you're hurting the cause of those who truly want accessibility because you're okay. over. Let's say you get all this you know? accessibility. Okay. I, as a person who just simply has like neuropathy at the worst, okay, sure. but needs the banister and so on, can I kind of like come in behind you and use your stuff? Definitely. You can you jump know, on my rollerblade air and uh, come with, on in. I, I hate to admit <laughs> this, but I love using the, the handicap uh, uh, stalls in the bathroom because they're roomy. You know, I can stretch out. I can I could move in there actually you know, uh, and I uh, I uh, I asked my friend who was you know paraplegic would he mind if I was using that bathroom and he said no I can wait <laughs> you know. Well, let me ask you this: Do you find even just because this is a life of someone in a power chair or a regular wheelchair, one step is like a big issue to them? So do you find even are you still able to get the steps okay? Or is oh it, yeah, I can still is, get okay. up a, a flight of steps. But it's, in fact, going up is not as difficult for me as coming down. Coming down causes a problem in that my balance gets thrown off. Going up, I, if I had to, I wouldn't have to hold on to anything. It's just nice to be able to pull myself kind of Definitely, up, you know? yep. But all I'm saying is, and, and I just, this is a minor disability. It's not even a disability on my part. But, it, it, you know, it, it's still 
all the stuff isn't there that should be there. And so whatever I've faced for my particular problem, I can't imagine what you face every day because you have to, don't you have to say to yourself before you go somewhere, can I get from here to there? Uh, luckily, I don't face that, but I have a girlfriend who's in a power wheelchair, and so we do deal with things like that. Like, how do we get from point A to point B and make sure she's safe? And it's interesting because, thankfully, a lot of the buses are stopping for us on the island even, but it's just, you never know. It's a hit or miss. Yeah. And, of course, I do love it when, when people who are in the front row of the the bus are like, why do we have to move? Well, you got to move because someone with a power wheelchair has to get on. So the reluctance is very interesting to watch because it's almost like some people don't want to stop. And I think that's wrong. I think that's got it. That mentality has to change as well. Years ago, I knew a guy by the name of, uh, interviewed a guy by the name of George Shearing, who was a jazz musician. And he was blind. He was known for being blind. Okay. And uh, I asked him, I said, What's the worst thing about going into like a subway or a bus or whatever and being blind? And he said, it's the people almost rip your arm out of your sock out of its socket because they think they're trying to help. Oh, please, let me help you. And then they would grab the arm and it would almost rip out of its socket. It's amazing you say that because I had a Lyft driver kind of aggressively lift me out of the cab thinking he was helping me. And it was like, no, I, I don't need the help. Uh, we got a minute left till break, so do you want to carry this on to the next segment? or No, I don't have to carry things on to another segment, but I've enjoyed talking with you. This Love talking been, with you. you. Know, it, 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 people should remember that, you know, there are people who, it isn't quite they want your help. In fact, most people I know who do have a disability are very positive to be self-assertive with that disability, but just don't impede them. I think that's the problem. Exactly, yep. Yeah. And exactly. Well, thanks for covering Good this tonight. You, on the Alex. Nice on meeting the show. you, Alex. Now you say goodbye, Alex. Nice meeting you, Alex. And I'll say thank you, Alex, and we can go on like that forever. We'll take a break here. We'll be right back. Stay right where you are. Sambolino. And Joan Pelzer here of the, the Arthur, Arthur Idala Power, Power Hour. On May 2nd, Tuesday, we will be broadcasting live from the Pershing Square Cafe at 6 p.m., nestled right underneath the Park Avenue Viaduct and conveniently located across East 42nd Street from landmark Grand Central Terminal, Midtown East. We will be chatting with Grand Central Partnership President and CEO Fred Cerullo about exciting developments happening in the Grand Central neighborhood. Access to everything is everything in Midtown East. East and the recent opening of full-time Long Island Railroad service in and out of the new gleaming Grand Central Madison, Fred will join us to talk about the upward trajectory of the neighborhood in addition to highlighting some of our hottest new restaurants and bars and what's going on this spring and summer. Upcoming programming will include BID Business Improvement District Day in New York City, May 9th, Summer Solstice Music Festival live at Pershing Square Sounds. Come join us Tuesday, May 2nd, 6 p.m. on AM 970. 
So let me ask you, would you like a career in the legal field making great money without having to go to law school and incurring all that debt? One that allows you the flexibility to choose where you work, for whom, and how frequently. Well, there's this high-powered and lucrative career that you really need to know about. It's called court reporting. Court reporters and captioners are in higher demand than ever before. Court systems, schools, and television stations are all looking for these professionals to record and caption everything from depositions to court cases to live events. The NCRA has partnered up with Plaza College to offer a free two-week virtual seminar that gives you a glimpse into the world of court reporting and captioning. The program is called A to Z and is being offered free and can be completed from the convenience of your home. Sign up today by emailing Info at plazacollege.edu. That's info, I-N-F-O, at plazacollege.edu. My name is Imran Ansari, and I lead the Civil Litigation Division of Idala, Bertuna & Kamins, the preeminent New York litigation law firm. The tires screech, the impact is felt. Boom. You've just been in a car accident. It's a scary situation that none of us want to experience. But if you have been injured in a car accident, then you may be entitled to significant monetary compensation for your injuries. It's important you speak to an attorney right away to make sure your rights are protected. Myself and our team of experienced trial attorneys will never settle for less than what you deserve. We are always ready to go to court to fight for you and seek justice. So if you or a loved one have been injured in an accident, don't delay. Call Idala Bertuna and Cammon at 212-486-0011. That's 212-486-0011. Or visit us on the web at idalalaw.com. Idalalaw.com. Idala Bertuna and Cammons. Fighting for justice, fighting for you. Hi, it's Arthur Idala, and I am in love with my shiny, bald, smooth head. Hemp Leaf products are made with all natural ingredients and essential oils to bring you comfort and relief and keep you looking young. Hemp Leaf is the next big thing in skin and body care. The whipped body butters and creams leave my skin feeling soft, smooth, hydrated, giving my aging skin the nourishment it needs to stay young and healthy. Their liquid black soap glides on, leaving my my skin soft, crisp, and clean. They also have this amazing muscle rub called Icy Pot. The guys at Hemp Leaf also gave me samples of a remarkable neuropathy cream called Helixer that I gave to Marianne, and she uses it on her heels. She said it's been nothing short of a miracle. Within minutes, it soothes her aching feet. Remember, they don't put anything on your body that you wouldn't put in it. Visit them at HempLeaf.com. That's Hemp, H-E-M-P-L-I-E-F.com. Mention the name Arthur at checkout, and you'll receive 10% off. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Welcome back. I'm Alex Bennett. I'm in hosting tonight for uh, Arthur Idala, and uh, I'm having a kind of a nice time here. And uh, uh, you know what I miss about being on the radio every day? is I always like the fact that it could be a bully pulpit, you know, that you could always use it for those things that gripe you and you just want to say something about it. And then sometimes if I was in the right kind of station where I had a lot of listeners, if I griped about something, all of a sudden somebody would do something about it, you know, yeah. <laughs> or give me a call and say, hey, what can we do? Like I remember in San Francisco, I was in New York once. Okay, let me, I have to backtrack from that. 
uh, I was in New York. I was staying at the Sheraton Hotel here because we were doing some shows from New York for my San Francisco show. And um, I was standing in a doorway, and this is bum, I guess that's the best way. You know, what, what can you call – what's the – Official word today is it bum? Still, do we uh, still have bums? Bum, homeless individual. Homeless individual, uh, yes, a street person. Okay, walked in and was stopped by the security guard and said, "Where do you think you're going?" And he says, "Well, I need to use the bathroom." And he said, "Not here," and forced him to leave. And I suddenly realized why people were urinating in the streets or doing other things in the streets because it couldn't go into a there was no bathroom for him so when i got back to san francisco i got on the air and i told this story and i said you know something we should make public bathrooms available to anybody who needs them if they're in a restaurant and they have a bathroom it should be available to anybody who needs it because where are they going to go you know so um there was a, a, a councilwoman uh that i knew uh, Angela Alioto, and she said, well, let's do something about it. And she'd passed a, a law in San Francisco, uh, and I like to call it the Alex Bennett law. And that was simply at your suggestion. Simply at my suggestion. But I had the probably the most popular morning show, personality morning show, in San Francisco. And so everybody listened to it, and if I griped about something, somebody did something about it. Well, I, you know, when you don't have that anymore, that's what you miss about radio, that bully pulpit, you know. So um, consequently, I, we've had a gripe, my wife and I, sitting over here, it's, and it went on. For, it's been going on for months now. We take a walk almost every day. We walk in our neighborhood. We're up in Harlem, and we walk the neighborhood. And ever since COVID, you remember during COVID, Things were terrible for the restaurants in the city because you weren't allowed to go into a restaurant, even wearing a mask. I mean, well, if you didn't wear a mask, if you wore a mask, how would you eat? Okay, it was impossible to eat. So people were not going into restaurants any longer. So the city allowed them to build these shacks outside the restaurant for outdoor eating. So that people would not have to go inside and where they weren't allowed anyway. All the, all the restaurants closed, were closed for indoor eating. So they were allowed to build all these shacks that took up, I don't know, six parking places? At, at least. You know, Some were and, bigger than the restaurants yeah, themselves. Yeah. Well, okay. So I, f- I felt really sorry for the re- restaurateurs and especially the people who worked there. You know, the people who worked in these restaurants were also kind of out of work. So the fact that people could eat in these sheds, I call them, shacks, was a godsend to these restaurateurs. It didn't make any sense to me, however, because you couldn't go into the restaurant because it was a place where you could maybe get COVID because all these people were breathing on you in this enclosed area. And then they built these shacks outside that were another enclosed area. Right. And I could never figure out how that was solving the uh, the COVID problem. But I felt sorry for them anyway. I said, go ahead, do it. But I, it doesn't make sense to me. The ones where they had like open windows and the top was open and so on, that made sense. Well, now, COVID's over with. I think we have to agree. COVID is pretty much, 
you know. I think we're past the worst, yes. uh, If this were a year ago, you'd be wearing a mask in here and I'd be wearing a mask in here, right? But we're not. COVID, the president has said, it's over with, it's done with, you know. And that that was terrific. Uh, I don't know that it exactly is over with. I still wear a mask when I go into a hospital, you know. I still will wear a mask under certain circumstances. But anyway, those shacks are still there. And the only thing that shack does for some of them is give them extra places for people to eat, more room for what they're paying rent for inside the building. But now they've got it out on the street, and these people are not paying money for those shacks. Correct. They're not paying money for the space that is taking up parking places. And the mayor says, well, I'm not going to tell them to take them down. What? Don't you think it's time every one of these shacks came down? We got parking spaces back for the local residents who live in that neighborhood, you know? Uh, I mean, and then on top of it, as we're walking, we see these shacks and we, we look in them and we go, well, is there anybody eating in here? Well, how could there be? There's a lock on the door. <laughs> and then you look in. And a couple of rats scurrying around, you know. Rats and so I, maybe sometimes even homeless people. I call are them rat, sh- well. rat sheds. Yeah, the homeless people know. That's why they put the lock on there. Mm-hmm. Or they put their their furniture in there, or they put their extra chairs extra and tables, chairs, or they put in the garbage in there. I don't know, but there are no people in there eating. They should have to take those things down. It's not needed any longer. It's not needed for the uh, for these people. So here I am, bully pulpit. Damn it, do something about those shacks. <laughs> yes, I think it's uh, long overdue. Yeah, uh, and and uh, I, 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 it just bothers me when we're walking every day. Marjorie, my wife, walks over to me and looks, and peeks in, and goes, "Nothing in there," you know, "nothing in there." We. I think if we had to say how many of these shacks were actually being used, out of every 10, if even one was being used to eat in, I'd be surprised now. And yet the mayor says, oh, no, we have to keep those things up. Why? Well, what's, the pur- what's the purpose? Well, I don't think I think they served its purpose. Well, let's reclaim some real estate well, back for vehicles. Yeah. The important purpose was to not people put, be put out of work because they couldn't wait on tables for restaurants to be able to maintain their income uh, to maybe a lesser extent, but to enough of an extent they could pay the rent on the place they had. But now they're using these places as just, they're not even taking them down. They're just sitting there. So come on, Mr. Mayor, do something about that. Enough of going to the Met Gala to hang out, you know. Uh, uh, Enough of treating your uh, time in office as a form of uh, what's what's the word I'm looking for here? Oh, a force of a social activity. You know, I th- I think he became mayor so he could go to the Met Gala. That's what I honestly <laughs> believe because that's how it appears. You know, and yet th- that's not okay. You know, the other thing I guess that they did in New York is they're not busting people any longer for uh, stealing small items. No, and you, yeah. there was a, a Dwayne Reed across the street from this mm-hmm. radio station, mm-hmm. and about 60% of it was behind plastic. Well, forget that. I was at a Rite Aid in our neighborhood, and there just wasn't anything on the shelves. Right. And I asked the pharmacist, what happened to all the stuff on the shelves? And they said, it's been stolen. Mm-hmm. 
And I said, why? They said, because nobody gets busted for stealing that stuff anymore. Anyway, let's take a break, and we'll be right back. I'm Alex Bennett, in for Arthur Adala. Carol Platt-Lebow for townhall.com. Certainly everyone is entitled to an opinion, but some views are so appalling they merit the greatest possible disdain. Take the new report from agencies affiliated with the United Nations. It calls for all forms of sexual activity to be decriminalized. Worse, it implies that sex, regardless of age, should be decriminalized if the minors consent to the activity. That's a big step forward toward normalizing one of society's last remaining taboos, pedophilia. The U.N. has pushed back, claiming it refers to sex between adolescents of similar ages. But that's not what the report says. It references instead, quote, adolescents' evolving capacity to consent in certain contexts, in fact, if not in law, unquote. Had the report's authors intended to limit their discussion to inter-adolescent relationships, they knew how to do so. Shame on the U.N. for its complicity in the effort to destroy the innocence of children. Folks, have you heard that our morning host Joe Piscopo and Steve Perillo have put together a special, intimate trip to Rome and Sicily for our AM970 listeners? Do you want to go? It's simple. Just call 800-431-1515, 1-800-431-1515, and say, I want to go to Apollonia's hometown with Joey P. Please make it happen. How does that sound? You go to Rome for three nights, including a special, intimate performance by Joe Piscopo. Then you fly directly to Sicily, visiting Catania, Taromina, and Palermo. See medieval towns like Savoca and Forza de Agro in Messina. Why these towns? Because we're going to visit some of the iconic sites from the famous Godfather movie. How cool is that? Can't leave Sicily until you have a wine tasting in the shadow of Mount Etna. You'll do that too. And then on to Palermo for three more nights. Nine nights in all. The tour dates are October 18th to 28th. Be a part of this special event. Call Perillo Tours at 1-800-431-1515. 1-800-431-1515. Or go to perillotours.com. Kevin McCullough is next on AM 970. The Answer. Welcome back. I'm Alex Bennett, and uh, if you ask who I am, I refer you to a movie called The Roaring Twenties with Humphrey Bogart and Jimmy Cagney. And uh, Bogart, at the end of the movie, shoots Jimmy Cagney, and he goes stumbling out of wherever he's at, going down New York streets, stumbling in the snow, stumbles upon the steps of what wasn't because it was in Hollywood, it was on a soundstage, but what looks to be St. Patrick's Cathedral, and he collapses and falls dead on the stairs and the steps of this cathedral. And his girlfriend runs over to him 
and cradles him in her arms. And this cop comes along and says, who was he? And she said his name, whatever the name of the character was. And then he says to her, what did he do? And she said, he used to be a big shot. <laughs> so when people ask me what I do or what I ha have done, I go, I used to be a big shot. So if you know me from New York, I guess I used to be a big shot. And if you don't know me from New York, then you don't. And you said you, you used to broadcast from this exact studio as well, right? Uh, one, one, one night here. Okay. Yeah. Um, when it was WOR. Right. Okay. And, and then, of course, I said WMCA was the first station I was ever on. I had a show all the, for two years at WMCA. And then I went over to WPLJ. Now, if uh, it if sounds may, like my resume, I'm not, yeah, you know, I'm <laughs> if, if I may just drill in a little bit deeper, what do you think about what young people would think is the, the demise of AM radio? A lot, you know, there's a car manufacturers now wanting to take AM yes, radio right, out of their right, vehicles. Right. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? I think it's evolution, unfortunately, you know. I mean, yeah, we can we can argue about that. Hey, it's terrible. They're not going to have AM radios in cars anymore. Well, it's evolution, you know, and it's what the market calls for that that's going to win out. I mean, if the market wants FM AM radios, there'll be AM radios there. But you know, I mean, look at what, radio in general is in trouble because it's being upstaged by the internet. It's being upstaged by podcasts. Um. I'm to blame for that, by the way. Oh, so and I, and I finally we could finally pin this on someone. No, you can pin it on me, and I'll tell you why. I did the first podcast ever. Okay, so you were the trailblazer. This was back in San Francisco. I was out of work, so what I did, I had a little website that was in days where there were only a few websites, and I, I every day on that website, I would put a little show, a little thirty-minute show of me saying what I was thinking about stuff and so on. And then a guy came to me and he said, hey, listen, why don't I have a program I just invented. We call it Auto Alex. And what happens, they put it on their computer and then every day it will come to your site, look and see if there's a new episode and download it automatically for them so that when they get home, it's there. What does that sound like? Well, it kind of sounds like a podcast to me. Yeah, so blame me. Okay. Okay. I'm to fault for all of this. <laughs> Alex Bennett, but, uh, podcast trailblazer. At least I, I managed to give radio failures a place to go called a podcast. So, you know. Thank you for your contribution. Uh, thank you for your service. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, you know, I was, uh, I was thinking about today a uh, guy died who I liked a lot. It was a, he was a good guy, and his name was Jerry Springer. Died at 79, pancreatic cancer, the worst way to go. My ex-wife died of pancreatic cancer. and um, But I remember Jerry as doing my show on several occasions, and I really enjoyed him because, you know, that show he did was dopey, you know. But he wasn't. He was a very smart, sharp guy. And people forget that he was like the mayor of Cincinnati. Right. Yes. He had long political ties. Well, for two years, he was the uh, mayor of Cincinnati. Then he got caught with 
buying a hooker with a check. <laughs> oh, no, with a credit card. That was even card, worse. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you don't pay hookers with a credit card. <laughs> Most people accept them now. <laughs> Most people accept them, but you don't do that if you don't want to get caught, if you're the mayor of Cincinnati. <laughs> so he got out of that, and he went into television, and he became a uh, commentator first, and then... He got himself a, a show, and before you know it, he was ruining America with that yeah, thing he of, did. One of the originators of trash TV, as they called it, right? Yeah, but a smart guy and a really bright guy. And people forget he, he did do politics at one point. He was, if you remember, there was a um, uh, all-liberal uh, network that was started um, uh, uh, for radio. I'm trying to remember what they were. Oh, Air America. Right. And he was one of the people on Air America. Uh, and he uh, he was always very political and very much into politics. But I just liked him. He was just, you know, so many people you can go, oh, that guy's a jerk. And he wasn't a jerk. He was a really decent guy. And I don't know anybody that had anything negative to say about him. So sorry to see him go. It's kind of disappointing. Also, it's also disappointing when anybody younger than me dies, okay? <laughs> I'm tired of having people die, which brings me around to another person I want to mention to you because a lot of people are not going to... You've been affected by his life, but you don't know why. My best friend, the best friend I had left, actually, was a, a guy by the name of Rick Sheckman. We called him Shecky. And he worked over at the Letterman Show. And he was their film coordinator. That was his title. But he worked for that show since about the third month that it was on NBC to the very end. He was the third longest lasting employee that Dave had. And he got those, you know, you watch Letterman, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I remember those, those little film clips of like... Uh, Oh, the the the, the uh, monkey washing the cat. Right. That yeah. was Shecky's. Okay. Shecky was responsible for all of that. So if you laughed at all those funny little black and white film clips that wound up on Letterman, that was Shecky's work. And he was he was my best friend, and I loved him. And we lost him a couple of weeks ago. And I sorry. I, to hear I just that. wanted you people to know it because you you've been affected by him. If you watched Letterman, he made you laugh. You know? Yes. And that's important. It's important that we make people laugh in this world. Finally, the last thing I wanted to bring up, and this is has to do with our, our dear president, who has announced once again that he's running for president again, whether you agree with that or not, isn't really what matters. What does matter, I think, is the, re the reaction to it. And all the jokes that the late night talk show hosts are doing about Biden, and it has to do with age. And the jokes are being made at the expense of his age. Now, see, I reached 83, and uh, I'm very, I've gotten sensitive to this. I've gotten sensitive every time I hear somebody like Bill Maher make a sexist, ageist joke. Just, you know, it may just be a little throw-off about, oh, you know, he can't remember where he left his keys. Uh, you know, I don't find that funny. And I don't think you should either, any more than you find sexism funny or uh, racism funny or anything else funny. I think the jokes that are being made about Biden vis-a-vis -vis his age are really uncalled for. 
If you want to make fun of him because of his politics, it's one thing. If you want to say, oh, he didn't do this or he didn't do that or ha, 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 you got to laugh out of that, fine. But the fact that you're just making fun of him because he's old is not really, you know, it's not right. It's age discrimination. It's age discrimination. It's ageism. And the other day we were somewhere and this guy was, what was he, playing his radio too loud or something? And you yelled at him and said, could you turn that down? And he turned around and he called my wife an old bitty. Mm. Now, this was a black guy. And I was almost about ready to, I, and I yelled back at him. I said, you're an ageist. But he didn't care. But, you know, uh, I certainly mind it when somebody's a racist. You all should mind it when somebody's an ageist. Be a little careful about it. Uh, do we have two minutes left? Yes. And I can mention uh, this. But, but did he turn on the radio? No. Oh. No. I live in Harlem. They don't turn down their radios. Are you <laughs> kidding me? Uh, uh but when I was uh, when I was at uh, in San Francisco, I worked at a place called KQED doing a national show called Comedy Tonight, and I was in to do some work for Comedy Tonight voiceovers, and I suddenly um, got a call from somebody who also worked there, and I was asked to go to his office, and he was the producer of a show called Easy Over, which was a show done by Hugh Downs about aging, and the guy said to me. I just wanted to say I heard you the other day on the radio, and you made fun about age. He said, don't do that. He said, age, old people have enough of a hard time surviving without having you making fun of them. They have a hard time with their own self-esteem. And I think that's what you all should remember when you make fun of old people. They're they're having to live with their self-esteem every day as they get older, and their only crime is they won't die, Okay. Anyway, that's it, huh? Yeah, it was a good job. Well, that think, was fun. You I mean, you've so? educated me. Well, I filled an hour. That's all that matters, <laughs> you know. This is the life where you just, when you fill every hour you can, and you get to the end of it, and you say, okay, it worked okay. Well, I have the 30-second wrap-up signal. I'll probably see you again in another 10 years, okay? <laughs> uh, but it's been fun doing this, and if you've enjoyed it, that's all I ask for. I'm just here to make you happy. I'm a cheap slut. <laughs> anyway. Oh, boy. And thanks to you as well, Matt. And thanks Thank to Alex you. as well. Bye-bye. And by the way, I always say, if you see her, tell her I love her. Okay. <laughs> okay. The Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored by Idala Bertuna and Cammons, PC. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.